Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the faculty ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. intimidating pulpit. <laughs> and I thought to myself, ah, oh, nobody here knows me anymore. And then I look out, and here are all my old professors <laughs> come to grade me once again. So I'm going to try and get through it. But that is the very reason I'm not giving you a difficult Bible passage today. <laughs> I have chosen to speak to you on call. How many of you Feel that you know where God is calling you. Raise your hand. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, Lennon's still doing this. I'm sorry, I cannot stand still. I hope I don't mess it up for you. Right. Sorry. I get that from Lennon. <laughs> when I first came here, I have to admit that. I didn't know where God was calling me. I was one of those people we used to call a no-program divinity student. I don't know if they still use that term. It's a bit degrading. No-program divinity student. But that didn't last long. Almost directly after I started going to classes, I heard God speak to me very clearly. God said, I am calling you to be the next Lennett Anderson. <laughs> the female version, of course. I heard it so clearly. You guys were laughing, but God said to me, look at what that man is doing for me. You are going to be just like that. Lennett is younger than me, but he was a few years ahead of me in school. So by the time I was here, he was going like a house on fire. He had gone to his home church, his home church, mind you, that had, what, 20, 30 people when he got there? And blew it up. He was on fire. People were coming from all over. There were hundreds of people. He was on the cover of magazines passionately preaching the parables to the people. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> and such style. Oh, he's on point. Look at this man. You can't see his feet, but I guarantee they are awesome. <laughs> the shoes alone. And I heard God. I heard God so well. Except for the shoes, you will note I have sneakers on. <laughs> but I followed that call. I accepted a call to a little tiny AUBA church, an AUBA church, follow all the way. There was about 15 people when I got there. And I said, okay, God, let's do this. Call McLean's Magazine. I am ready. <laughs> but it didn't happen. Seven years later, there were still 20 people in the congregation. 
and none of us were happy. And as I left the church, I had to admit I was a little upset that I had misheard God, wondering how I had gotten it wrong. But about that time, I started my MA. And I heard God's voice again. I was supposed to be Anna Robbins. <laughs> I had just taken a class with her, and she was awesome, a female theologian. At that time, she was in London. Her husband had a great church. I thought, oh, man, I could be the ministry team. God, that's what you want me to do. I know it. I was halfway through my PhD before I realized I was not going to be the president of the Divinity Conference. <laughs> so I was forced to ask myself, whose voice am I hearing? I was mad at God. God, what's going on? I have heard your voice. I am following your call. And you are not blessing me. Whose voice am I hearing? God's voice. How do you know when it's him? Paul, when he was known as Saul, was positive he was hearing God's voice. Very clearly, he had no reason to doubt himself. After all, he had followed God his whole entire life. Not just followed, but dug deep into the scripture, devoted himself to God. He was not just a man of God, he was a Pharisee. He followed the laws to the letter. He did not associate with the unclean. He did not bend to popular opinion. Everything for Paul was about the Lord. So when Saul heard God calling him, he did not hesitate. He was going to root out this sect, this threat to everything holy, these followers of the way. Jesus was a fraud, and Paul was called to deal with it. He was sure that's what God wanted him to do. And Paul used every single gift that God had given him to make this a reality. He was an awesome orator, and he used that gift to convince people that Jesus was a fraud. He was an awesome teacher of the word, and he used God's own word to convince people that Christians had to go. And all of the time, he seemed successful. Further proof that Saul was following God's call, he had Christians on the run. They were fleeing out of Jerusalem, out of Israel, fleeing from his wrath. He was being forced to chase them into other cities. God was with him. He was winning. The call was real. Until that day on the Damascus Road, that day that changed everything, a glorious light, a whack on the head that knocked him off his horse. <laughs> And a voice saying, Saul, who have you been listening to? Whose voice have you heard? 
So I was like, uh, wait a minute. What's going on? Who are you? Can you imagine what is going through his brain? What is happening? I'm doing what is right. Is this some demon talking to me? It can't be God. God is happy with me. And then he hears those fateful words. You were wrong. You've not been following God's call. You've been persecuting the wrong people. Can you hear me now, Saul? You are going to the Gentiles. You are going to preach my salvation. You are going to turn darkness into light. You're going to tell the whole world how they have been forgiven through me. I can't imagine how Paul felt. Well, I can a little bit. Because <laughs> I have listened to the wrong voice myself. But Paul had been monumentally wrong. And as he sat there in the house of a Gentile, a follower of the way, struck blind and at the mercy of anyone who wanted to harm him, all Paul could do was think, to think about what happened, to think about what he had been called to do, to realize that he had literally had to be hit over the head before he heard God's voice. What a place to be in. But to his credit, Paul dove right in. He was up for the challenge. He was willing to throw everything he had away. All the status of being a Pharisee and a Roman citizen, all his power as a persecutor for the church, all of the praise and admiration he had gotten from his peers, it was all going to go. But Paul turned his back on it and went to work for Jesus. That's how we wish all of us could be, right? That's what our call should look like. Just willing to just lay it all down. All of your dreams, all of your desires, and dedicate your whole life to serving God. We come into this place and we want God to make us super Christians. We don't just want one or two gifts for ministry. We want them all. <laughs> Preach, teach, prophesy. Evangelize, heal. We hear your call, God. Let me have it all. Let me do something big for you. That's what's on our hearts. Let me be known for my service and my life. Let me stand like Isaiah. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Let me have the strength of faith that Joshua had. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do what you want, but we are on our way. We want our calling to be beautiful. But I gotta tell you, <laughs> reality kicks in pretty quick. Paul was called to the Gentiles. Of all people, sometimes I think God has the weirdest sense of humor. Paul, 
yet considered unworthy of God's concern. And suddenly, Jesus is saying, these are your focus. I can't imagine that it was easy. I can't imagine that Paul immediately got over his prejudices and his xenophobia and said, yes, these are my people. <laughs> I don't think it happened that way. For his entire life, God had told him, he thought, well. not to go near the Gentiles. You don't get over that quickly. <laughs> Every day must have been tough for him to accept new ways of living, to walk into a Gentile's house where his feet didn't get washed, where he didn't get to sit at the head of the table. What was Paul thinking? And then he sits down for lunch and it's ham and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Paul had to make tents 
to keep his head above water. You may never have the best home. Paul was a coach surfer, surfer most of his life. <laughs> you may never be on the cover of magazines. <laughs> All Paul got was wanted <laughs> I will tell you that if you are in the place you are supposed to be, none of that's going to matter. That's right. That is what happened to Paul. Despite the thorn in his side, despite imprisonment, despite the loss of friends and prestige, even through a shipwreck, Paul was still able to say, whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I don't have my own righteousness. I know that the law does not save me. But I have found Christ, and through him I am righteous to God. I want to know Christ. Yes, I want to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so attaining my own resurrection. That is called. Whose voice are you listening to? When you think about your call to ministry, who are you hearing? Is it the loud voice of culture calling you to be successful by their standards? A big church with lots of baptisms and professional grade worship. Is it your own voice seeking a career that is all about you, that is all about liking your congregation, that is all about having a church that functions the way you want it to function? Or are you truly listening to God? And you may be thinking, how will I know? Well, I can tell you that God usually doesn't speak to you when you think he's going to. Like Elijah, we are often looking for the great wind, the earthquake, the fire, the glorious light, the hit on the head, calling you into the direction you never thought you were going to go. But it doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes it's that little knot in the pit of your stomach when you thought started to care about something you never thought you would care about. You need to be listening to hear it. And sometimes it's going to come from the weirdest place. <laughs> After God and I had my big fight, <laughs> and I basically told him that I was not going to try and figure him out anymore, 
I was sitting at my job, which had nothing to do with church or ministry, and a client walked in and said, Yes, Fort Baptist Church really needs you. <laughs> and I was like, Pardon me? <laughs> what are you talking about? She didn't even go to Hansport Baptist Church. She just knew somebody that went there. She said, I told her to get the deacons to call you. They need you there. I thought, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then they called me. <laughs> and I told my husband, I'm not going there. I'm not doing this again. God leads me off in weird places all the time. He laughed. <laughs> He's like, that was me. He said, go preach. I've been there five years. <laughs> and through that voice, from the strangest place, at the moment I was not even expecting, I finally heard God. I finally found my place. And it is not easy. It's hard. It's tiring. Sometimes I don't like them. But we are thriving together as a family of God. We are thriving. And that's what happens when you listen to God's call. He blesses you wherever you are. Don't wait for God to knock you off your horse and strike you blind before letting him into your call. <laughs> Let him in now. Your family and your people will thank you and you will save a lot of time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday. <laughs>